Hello and welcome back to After the Whistle Sports Podcast. I'm Dylan and I'm joined again by Jack for our second edition of the preseason uh, college football conference over under bets for win totals. Um, today we're going to be doing one of the more interesting conferences. We have the Pac-12. Jack, of course, is very familiar. Um, hey, like you see how it's Big Ten, Big Ten team now, actually. I mean, yeah, two of those teams are technically not real Pac-12 teams <laughs> at this point. But I don't know. Do you have anything you wanna you, you wanna say about the conference before we get into these totals? Uh, I mean, I feel like Pac-12 football has really been disrespected on the national stage, you know, with all those after dark games, you know, like who's, who's like staying up till midnight on the East coast to watch like Oregon state play, you know, Washington state. I don't know, but at least, you know, I guess now like that UCLA and USC, like biggest money makers are leaving, you know, should get a little bit more equitable tv wise so yeah. i think it's a, this is a great opportunity to also state that the pac-12 hasn't had a college football playoff team since i believe washington in 2016 hopefully i'm right on that but um yeah they've had a lack of postseason success in general uh and i, I think this is a different conference at least in terms of quarterback play this year because this is the conference that all these transfer portal quarterbacks seem to have filtered to. So say what you like. I don't know what that says about the level of talent that the Pac-12 had last year, but this should look different from an offensive perspective for a lot of these teams. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think what was it, seven of 12 teams are going to be starting a transfer quarterback probably. Right. Yeah, we could count as we go because that. Yeah, we'll go. We'll go through, but but yeah, we'll see. Okay. All right. Uh, let's. So with the Big Twelve, we started off with some of the, you know, less championship contending teams. I think we should do that similarly here. Uh, and yeah, bottom of the barrel. Uh, how about the Arizona Wildcats? Now watch your mouth real quick because Arizona is – again, people are going to laugh at this, but this team has really improved from last year, and the current win total is at two and a half wins. Now let's look at their schedule like we did for the Big 12. North Dakota State, that should be a win. San Diego State, I mean, that's going to be a close game. San Diego State's a pretty good team under Brady Hoke. I'm, I think they won, what, 10 games last year? So – Definitely not easy. Probably have a loss on the road there. Mississippi State, again, should be a loss, but they have them at home. So it could be an interesting interesting way to start the season for uh, Arizona. But they have Cal, Oregon, Washington, USC, Utah, UCLA, Arizona State, Colorado at home, and Washington State at home. Now, North Dakota State, again, should be a win. I in Colorado probably should be a win. I think they should beat Cal on the road. There are your three wins, and that hits the over right there. I just think there are a few teams that have more question marks than Arizona going into the season. Jed Fish, I think second-year head coach, has done a really nice job of changing the culture, recruiting a little bit higher talent. Um, they have Jaden Delora, transfer quarterback from Wazoo, um, really talented player. I'm excited to see what he does. 
Word from training camp, though, is that he's been, I think, a little bit banged up or hasn't been able to practice in fall camp. So keep an eye on that. But this team has guys who are talented. I mean, they have a couple of solid freshman wide receivers who they just brought in the last recruiting class who are pretty good. Uh, Offensive line should be a negative. But again, like they can't be worse than last year. And their defense is honestly not terrible. So I think they win three, maybe four games. Um, but ultimately, I like the direction of this program. I mean, I'm with you. Uh, I think, you know, saying the direction the program is going is a good one is not that high of a bar considering they went 1-11 last year. Uh, so I'm with you. I think they win a few more games. I think the team wins two, three, four games. Uh, another couple, you know, transfer quarterback you mentioned, big transfer wide receiver Jacob Cowing out of UTEP caught 141 balls for 2,600 yards and 13 touchdowns uh, is also huge. Uh, the defense was the worst red zone defense in college football last year. Uh, you know, it's it's tough, but I agree they were pretty class a lot better. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily agree with you on the nature of which wins. I think Dakota State and Colorado are definitely uh, potential ones, but, you know, I even think Arizona State at home is a winnable game. Uh, I believe that's late in the season as well. It's a you know, big rivalry game, obviously. Uh, you know, at Cal, maybe, probably not on the road. Mississippi State at home, probably not. Uh, you know, at San Diego State, probably. Yeah, I mean, God, it's really hard to find wins on the team schedule. I mean, will they go better than one and eleven? I think so. But is this a team, you know, that can remotely be considered a real football program? I don't know if I'm told. Yeah, one thing to note about that San Diego State game is, um, the early line came out and they're five and a half point underdogs in that matchup. So. Honestly, that's not that bad. I guess they're on the road, so that's also that's a winnable game. I agree. That that is a hundred percent a winnable game, and you know, like people look at Arizona and what they've been for the past what, like three or four year years now, as like a really bad football team. But I'm telling you, like they have recruited at a higher level than what that program is used to. I'm um, just going off of freshman preseason. Uh, All-Americans. They have a tight end by the name of Keon Burnett, who was a top ESPN 300 recruit um, and is projected to be um, one of the top freshman tight ends in the country. So, I mean, he is a guy who should be able to be a weapon for Jaden Delora. And I, I do think that they can be a much improved football team. So I definitely like the over two and a half here. And you're getting that at minus 140 odds, which like isn't that terrible. So... Let's move uh, on. Let's move uh, on, Josh. We go to Arizona State right next door. Sorry. Yeah. All right, Arizona State under Herm Edwards. Um, I just want to preface their overview by saying that they're one of the the more distracted teams in the offseason. Um, of course, like there have been reports that, that that come out that Herm Edwards has like a bad culture that um, they've already had to fire coaches for recruiting trail violations. 
Um, he has not been what Arizona State has wanted him to be as the head coach and leader of this program. They've been very underwhelming while he's been there. Uh, Jaden Daniels, uh, the quarterback from last year, transferred to LSU and should be taking that job. So a lot of question marks for this team. Vegas has them at the over-under of six wins. They have a very easy non-conference schedule containing Northern Arizona, Eastern Michigan, um, and they also have Oklahoma State, which is harder. But again, six wins. I'm leaning towards the under. I think they're going to be pretty bad. Uh, I I see wins against Northern Arizona and Eastern Michigan, but I also see a bunch of losses on the schedule. Um, again, like where is that fifth win coming from? If they, I think they're going to lose to Washington. I think they're going to lose to probably UCLA. They might beat Arizona, but again, that's three wins. That doesn't get you to the six. This team is bad. I, I, I really do think this team is not that good. And, and listen, this could be a hot take, but I wouldn't be surprised if Arizona ends up with a better record than Arizona State at the end of the year. That is a relatively hot take, but, you know, I, I, in terms of Broad thesis level wise, I'm with you. I think Herm Edwards is not a good football coach. They won eight games last year, I know, uh, but I think a lot of that uh, was some of the NFL talents that they lost. Uh, you know, you know, a lot of losses to the transfer portal. Um, you know, as you said, it's not that favorable schedule for them. Uh, I, I don't think this team wins all, you know, all that many games, to be honest. Uh, the Going through the actual schedule, uh, like you did, I mean, Northern Arizona, yeah. Eastern Michigan, yeah. Like, I mean, after that, like, you know, probably they'll beat Arizona on the road. Uh, but, like, maybe Colorado on the road, like, I, I don't know, like Washington at home. Like these are a lot of – at Washington State, I don't feel confident about any of these games. Like maybe Oregon State at home. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't like the culture that Herm Edwards has created. I mean, I don't think this team has a single player on the offense or defensive first team all Pac-12. They have maybe like, what, one linebacker and one alignment on the second team. I mean, this is just like, uh, I, you know, I don't think, I don't think this team is, is, is well set up or at least as, you know, experienced as some of the rest of these Pac-12 returning squads. Yeah. I just want to do a little dive into the roster real quick. Like we've been doing for all these other teams, but quarterback position, like I said, Jaden Daniels transferred to LSU. Um, it looks like Emory Jones, the former Florida Gator quarterback, will be taking the first team snaps for Arizona State next season. Definitely an interesting player because, again, like he has raw talent. Oh, yeah. Florida ran the duel with him and Anthony Richardson, right? Yeah. So, I mean, Anthony Richardson won that job. Uh, Emory Jones, like, for us, leaves. But, like, I just don't see enough talent on the roster to – win more than six games or even six games. Like they have Cam Johnson, um, a really solid slot wide receiver. Should be an NFL player. Um, offensive line, they have a ton of transfers. They're starting three transfers or two transfers and then a transfer tight end. 
So um, they also have three transfers on the defensive side. So looks like a, like a mumbo jumbo of a bunch of different types of players. Really nervous about this team. And honestly, I think this might be the last season for Herm Edwards at Arizona State in this failed experiment. This nightmare can finally come to an end for Arizona State fans. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Herb Edwards is getting fired. All right. Should we talk about Cal Berkeley? Let's do Cal, yeah, because I feel like they've, out of all the teams that I've, <laughs> I've kind of studied going into the season, like I haven't spent much time at all on Cal. I feel like every year they're always just Cal, which maybe you, <laughs> maybe you have more um, – input into this uh being being in, in la but what what do you see from cal this year and of course they're over under is listed at five and a half wins so very close to arizona state um non-conference schedule includes uc davis should be a win unlv should be a win uh, notre dame definitely a loss uh and i think that's it not a terribly hard schedule but I don't like them winning more than five and a half games. Yeah, I think I'm with you. This team is is pretty is pretty mid or worse. You know, weed running back Christopher Brooks transferred to BYU. Uh, you know, this team is a pretty run oriented team. Chase quarterback Chase Garbers. Uh, I think he was like a four year starter. Maybe he's gone now. Uh, you know, I think they got a uh, transfer quarterback from Purdue, Jack Plummer. Uh, I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts about him coming from the Big Ten. Um, you know, the defense is okay. Uh, you know, third down defense was, was really bad. Uh, their linebackers uh pretty solid. They got a transfer from Washington, Jackson Sermon, as well as uh, – Femi Oladejo, uh, who should be a pretty solid linebacking duo. You know, their D-line's got some good size. Their secondary's pretty solid. I think this will be a pretty solid defensive team, uh, but I think their offense is going to struggle. Uh, and I, I'm with you that, uh, you know, looking at the schedule, uh, some of these, you know, road games, uh, I think are, are going to be are going to be possible. They really just cannot put up enough points to, you know, play with some of these maybe, you know, more dynamic transfer quarterbacks that some of these other schools picked up. Yeah, this offense is going to be pretty tough to watch. I feel like, but um, if you are looking for some positives, last year um, Cal actually was pretty solid in the conference in terms of points per game from a defensive standpoint. Um, I feel like they've always had pretty solid defenses under Justin Wilcox, but again, the offense is brutal. Um, I've heard some people compare them to uh, Iowa with a worse defense, which might be like the most insulting <laughs> thing you can call yeah, it. Yeah, that's a pretty solid comparison though. Definitely a worse defense and honestly, probably a worse offense. Definitely a worse offense. Yeah, I, I just don't see them scoring enough points to beat the likes of Notre Dame, oh, even Washington State, Oregon, the big boys. Um, interesting that the Oregon State game might be the game that you need to look at in terms of hitting that over for the five and a half. I think I like Oregon State a little bit more going into the season, but um, I could definitely see Cal winning five games 
if you like their defense and maybe you want to bet the over on, on the six games. But again, not much to see here from from Cal going into the season. Yeah, I mean I think there's a I think there's a large division in the Pac-12 this year between the haves and the have-nots. And I think, yeah. you know, there are definitely two pretty stark tiers between the, you know, the Utahs, the Oregons, the, the USBs, the UCLAs, and, you know, most of the rest of the bunch. But we'll, we'll get there as we continue. Yep. I think let's go now to Colorado. Um, who currently has an over-under win total of three and a half wins. They play a non-conference at Air Force, which, again, that is not a gimme. Air Force, I think, is favored to win that game. So just just some quick insight on that. Uh, They play TCU and Minnesota to round out their three non-conference games. That might be the hardest non-conference slate in the Pac-12. Just looking at it from a composite standpoint, like none of those games, I think Colorado is going to be favored in. Uh, Air Force actually had one of the better rushing attacks last year in all of college football. Um, they were a, definitely a team that you can't overlook. I'm pretty sure they won maybe nine games last year and went to a bowl game. So already better than Colorado in terms of last season's success. TCU. Again, not a gimme. I think they lose that. Minnesota, I think, is way better than Colorado. I think they lose that. Colorado could maybe win. Like, there's definitely a case where Colorado wins less than three games this year. And then, yeah, I was I'm looking at the schedule. I came to the same conclusion. I was like, wow, they might win two games. Like, you know, the first four games are almost for sure they're going to lose all four. In my at Arizona and so the next four at Arizona, Cal at home, Oregon State on the road, Arizona at home, or Arizona State at home rather. I think they win two of those four games, maybe. After that, Oregon at or Oregon at USC at Washington versus Utah. They don't have a friend, which means I really don't see this team winning more than three games in any stretch of the United States. Yeah, they're, they're bad. They're they're definitely pretty bad. Um, again, like that's such a tough non-conference schedule. Just looking at their roster right now, they do return a lot of players from last year, but uh, they also get R.J. Sneed transfer from Baylor at wide receiver, who should give them uh, a little bit more of a passing attack that they didn't have much last year. This team just lacks talent from top to bottom, which is unfortunate because Colorado used to be one of the like shoe-ins for winning six games in the Pac-12 just a few years ago. But they are projected to start a bunch of freshmen on defense. They're projected to start a bunch of transfers on their offensive side of the ball. So not quite sure what we're going to see, but what I am confident about is that they're not going to win four games. So I like the under a lot here. I, like, there's just question marks everywhere. I mean, on the defensive side, the pass rush, the defensive backs, you know, the the amount of transfers this team had. I mean, in the on the offense, I mean, there's no like, you know, the, the quarterback play. There's the, you know, the running back room's all right. You know, the wide receivers, their top wide receiver, Brendan Rice, transferred to USC. Their number two, Dimitri Stanley, went to Iowa State. Uh, you know, they got one guy, RJ Sneed, you mentioned from Baylor. Uh, 
But this, yeah, this this is going to be a tough, tough year, I think. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's move on to another team that really is looking to build upon a pretty bad season last year in the Stanford Cardinal. Uh, their over-under is now set at four and a half wins. They have non-conference games against Colgate. Uh, who else they play? Notre Dame and BYU. So Colgate should be a win, but you, uh, BYU and Notre Dame are pretty tough. Honestly, losses at both. And then you're looking at can they win some of these Pac-12 games? And I think they could. Um, I, I think four is probably a good number. Five might be stretching it a little bit. Uh, I think I like them better than most. Again, this team doesn't have that much talent, but quarterback Tanner McKees is, I think, one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the conference or even in the country. I think he's going to have a pretty solid year. But Stanford as a program has been on a downturn um, for the last couple of years. They have an older roster filled with upperclassmen, but no real difference makers besides Tanner McKee, who I already said. Five games... Can they win five games? I think they can, actually. Like, I, I think they're going to win five games. I'll probably have the over a four and a half, but I'm not confident about it. Yeah. I, I'm a little more confident in Stanford than some of these other teams. You know, well-coached, Tanner McKee, 6'6", 225 NFL build. You know, I think a big problem with their offense last year was the offensive line, which I think should return with – more experience uh, on the defensive end of the ball, definitely, uh, you know, a little bit more of a struggle. Uh, freshman David Bailey is a huge recruit uh, who will be uh, a factor in the pass rush, uh, as well as edge rusher Stephen Heron, who's back, who, uh, you know, I mean, this team's pass rush last year was, was really bad. They were the worst. They were the worst defense in the Pac-12, I believe, last year. I yeah. I mean, they got some. Uh, you know, Kendall Will uh, Williamson. You know, back at safety, Kai Blue Kelly is another NFL caliber corner. Uh, they added Patrick Fields from Oklahoma at safety. I think this team is better. I you know, obviously another hard non-conference schedule. Uh, but I, I think this team wins five. Yeah, so that's, that's int- I think that's our first team in this range that we've taken the over on, and I think it's well, really Arizona, but yeah, I mean, if oh, Arizona, on, yeah, without on Cal in Colorado, somebody's got to win these games. Yeah, so. but also Arizona's two and a half. Like, dude, oh, yeah. they could win. They could win three games in their non-conference, maybe. Like, yeah. okay, let's move on to some of the better teams. It's up to you where you want to go. You want to go to Washington State? Uh, sure. Washington State projected or the over under is now set at five wins. I really like them to hit the over here. I think Washington state will be a bull eligible team. Um, Of course we had the whole issue last year with the coaching change. I don't want to go into that now, but um, if you, if you remember correctly, I believe the previous head coach, was like an anti-vaxxer or something. Like he didn't want to get the COVID vaccine. So like they fired him yeah. this season. They hired uh, Jake Dickert, who again, like is pretty good. And they ended up winning seven games last year. They went six and three in the conference, which far exceeded everyone's expectation. This team is, is better than last year too. They brought in quarterback Cameron Ward, who has one of the more interesting stories in all of college football. 
he actually transferred from incarcerate ward. Uh, I believe they're FCS or like Division Three or something. Wow. He had, I think, one of the craziest stat lines in like the entire sport. Um, he oh set every God. single record. He set every record in, at that level. Every quarterback record you could possibly do, yards, touchdowns, rushing touchdowns, throwing touchdowns, you name it. He was amazing. He was the Lamar Jackson of incarcerate ward football. So I'm really can I, can excited I just to say, Can I tell everybody in the chat? Yeah, go 4, for it. 4,650 yards and 47 touchdowns. I mean, it, that's and absurd. Those that's, are like video game numbers. Another thing to add is that Former head coach of incarcerate Ward, Eric Morris, is now the offensive coordinator on for Washington State. Came with Cameron. Yeah. And you know what I think is really important about this pickup is that they had a guy in Jane Delora who was a really solid quarterback from last year. And they went out and decided to bring in someone else and basically forced Jane Delora to transfer. So I think they have really high expectations for this kid. He is on NFL draft radars. Um, he is on my dark horse list for like all the late season awards. I think he's going to put up crazy numbers. And this team is good. I mean, they brought in really good freshmen. They had a solid recruiting class. Um, Andre Dollar, he's got a sick name. Freshman tight end projected to start. Their offensive line is pretty experienced. I think they lost some guys in that regard, but... If anything, this should be one of the more fun teams to watch in the conference. They play Idaho, uh, Colorado State, and Wisconsin as their three non-conference games. I think they're going to lose to Wisconsin, but they're going to beat the two others. And then I, I think they beat a lot of these middling teams under their air raid offense. I, I, listen, I really like this team. I think they're going to win six games. They might win seven or eight games, which would be pretty crazy. Um, but I know for sure that if I'm Wisconsin, if I'm Oregon, if I'm USC, if I'm Utah, if you're the teams that are projected to uh, win eight or nine games, this is one of those matchups that you just don't want to play. Because you're going to have more talent than them, but they're just going to throw the ball all around the yard. And if Cam Ward is going to be a superstar, watch out. But I, I for sure like the over here. This is probably the most confident over that we'll talk about today, at least in my opinion. Yeah, honestly, I agree. I think this is a seven-win team. I mean, you, you mentioned a lot about their offense. I'll talk a little about their defense. Uh, it was the best in the Pac-12 red zone defense last year. Uh, their their defensive line is really good. Uh, Ron Stone is a first-team all-Pac-12. And Brennan Jackson on the other side. Uh, this pass rush was good last year, and it's gotten even better. The linebackers. Uh, they lost a couple a couple big pieces, but Deion Henley is a transfer from Nevada who had 94 tackles and four interceptions last year. Uh, you know, secondary uh, has some transfers, has some question marks, but I think the defense is pretty solid too. And obviously we talked about the dual threat passing and running attack that is Cameron Ward. Uh, real, yeah, real quick, I mean, could, could we talk about how old this defense is? You can count, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. You can count six four-year or five-year players on this roster. Wow. Just just it, it, incredible. Like, they have so many fifth-year guys, like redshirt seniors. They have a ton of redshirt senior transfers. Uh, this team is one of, probably one of the older, deep, like, units in the country. So, 
it honestly, it would not shock me if on September twenty fourth this team beats Oregon at home. Yeah, uh, I mean, listen, that's that's what this team is at Wisconsin. That that's a really tough game, especially early season. Uh, but you know, yeah, some of the rest like they're they're like against Oregon, like the spread will not be more than like four and a half, probably yeah. four and a half, maybe. I mean, what do you think the ceiling is for Washington State? Like, could they? Could I, I, they think, win I think the ceiling call? is probably eight, eight wins. Eight uh, I'd probably agree with you there. I, I I can't really see this team winning all the ten games, but uh, I could I could see them winning eight games. You know, maybe. Uh, yeah, let's we'll see. All right, let's move on to just across the state. Go to Washington. Who hired a new head coach, and I think Kevin DeBoer, who came from Fresno State, who had a really nice season last year. Ah, yeah. um, or Kalen DeBoer, my bad. But they're projected, or they're over unders at seven and a half wins. They have non conference games against Kent State, Portland State at home, and then they have Michigan State at home. Um, again, they uh, some other important scheduling stuff is they're at Arizona State, they're at Oregon, they're at Washington State, but they have Oregon State, Colorado, Arizona, and Stanford at home. Seven and a half is pretty tough, I will say. I, I might mean, this be... team won four games last Yeah, well, they, they obviously, they had other problems. Um, uh, head coach Jimmy Lake, I think, got fired midway through the season for, like, they said that he was, like, hitting a player or something, so... Uh, <laughs> there are some other problems going on there, but this team has talent. And again, like we talk about some of these teams, I think one of the common themes when we go through the teams that have fired their coach and hired a new guy, but have traditionally recruited at a high level that Washington, Washington has, um, it's interesting to see how the new organization will be able to like utilize the talent advantage they have. Again, they have guys like Giles Jackson, um, wide receiver, who was there last year. Jackson Kirkland is probably going to be drafted in the first two rounds um, as one of the better left tackles in the country. Offensive line in general is really good. Um, They have transfer running back Aaron Dumas, who I believe is from New Mexico, who is projected to start. Then they have transfer quarterback Michael Penix. So actually, I want to spend more time on this because this is one of the more interesting quarterback battles in the country. With the intel I have now from fall camp, the quarterback battle is currently in between Michael Penix, transfer from Indiana, Dylan Morris, um, who's our, I think he started last year. He's going to be a redshirt sophomore, and Sam Heward, who was a five-star coming out of coming out of high school. But what I've heard is that Michael Penix has been the best guy in camp so far. So I think he's going to start the season. Personally, from I've, I kind of watched all of these guys in different capacities. I watched Penix in Indiana, and, and then I watched Dylan Morris, who I think started against Michigan last year. Sam Heward is the guy I think has the highest ceiling for this offense. Oh. Former five-star, has a ton of talent. I'm curious to see why he hasn't been able to take over that job. But I guess if Penix is playing really well, you can't sit him. So... Interesting to see what they're going to do during the season with, with those three quarterbacks. So I think it's not a bad quarterback room, but 
if no one's standing out yet and Michael Penix is the guy you're going to, that makes me a little bit more worried about this team. Yeah, I really worry about the quarterback play, to be honest, especially with Michael Penix. I mean, you know, when DeVore came to Fresno State, Jake Hayner, who was president of quarterback, who's really good, uh, almost came too, which I think this would be a very different team uh, with DeVore and Hayner. I think Dylan Morris is okay. I think Penix is talented, but is very inconsistent. I think the Steve O-line you mentioned is really good. The defense, uh, also pretty good. They were number one last year in pass defense. They were second in the Pac-12 in defense overall. Yeah, they lost, um, I will say, they lost a lot of quarterbacks. But yeah, but NFL. Tyler Gordon, I mean, a lot of that was Tyler Gordon and Trent McDuffie. They were both first-round quarterbacks from Washington, right? Uh, you know, so this defense, you know, they had some, they had some people leave. I think they also had some transfers come in from various places. Uh, but what? Sorry, what's their win total set at? Their win total, they're at seven and a half. Oh, ooh. I like. I don't know if this team's winning seven and a half wins. after winning four last year. Like I know it's kind of a different team, but you lose two like top twenty. You know. You know, two of the best quarterbacks in the country, and think you're going to win four games more than last year, especially when like your quarterback situation is like the same, if not like a little improved. Like, I don't know. I think this team wins. Like, let's see, they're going to beat Kent State, they're going to beat Portland State. You know, Stanford. They'll probably beat Stanford. They'll probably beat Stanford. They'll probably beat Arizona. They'll, they'll probably, probably beat. beat Cal, you know, I guess they just, I mean, maybe Colorado. I don't know. I guess this team could win five, six, seven games if everything goes their way. But, like, I think seven games is, like, their ceiling. Like, I, I, listen, I'm actually really curious to see them play Michigan State because Michigan State is the better team, but I don't think it the talent – Yeah, I don't think the talent disparity is actually that great. If you if you look at individual rosters, if you look at Michigan State, and again, I'm a Michigan fan, so whatever, I'm, I'm biased. But no, I'm not though. Like Washington on paper is not that much worse than Michigan State. The question is, will Washington be able to implement what they're trying to do with the new offense, and will they settle the quarterback situation before the season to where you can feel more confident that they're at least going to put up a fight? Because road games across the country are hard no matter who you are. So I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan State is only favored by three points against Washington. Would you say that that's, that's a solid assessment? Uh, yeah, I mean, on the road, that, that's fair. You know, maybe three and a half. But yeah, and I, listen, I wouldn't be surprised if Washington wins that game. Really, like that's probably the best case scenario. But you yeah. look at these rosters on paper; they're they're not like that. They're not that much. Washington is not that much worse in terms of talent than Michigan State. Yeah. And again, it's a I tough mean, matchup. But they'll have Kent State and Portland State. They'll win both those games. So ideally, they'll be two and zero going into that game. That's that's true. It, it can happen. It can happen. So I, I just wanted to get that out there real quick. Again, I'm leaning towards under seven and a half. I think they win six games, make a bowl game, which would be a turnaround from last year. But 
eight games. To have one eight games, that's that's a stretch. And you would I have to assume I they think beat six Michigan is a State. good number. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to who do we not have yet? That Oregon is, State. Yeah, let's do Oregon State. Um, they're projected – their win total is six games. Interesting team. They were pretty solid last year. Didn't they beat Oregon last year? Uh, that two I years ago. Am I, am I messing up? They went seven and six. I don't think. Yeah. I, think they might. I don't think they Hold beat on. Oregon. I got to look at this real quick. Or maybe I, I might just be messing up right here. But um, they actually were pretty solid last year, though. Like seven and six for Oregon or Oregon State, I mean. That's probably yeah. close to what their ceiling is. Do I think they can do it again? I actually do. If you look at their non-conference, I think you're right. I think they actually did beat. I or think no. they did. It might have been two years ago. It might have been that 2020 COVID year. Also, fun fact: so head coach Jonathan Jonathan Smith entering his fifth year, I believe, he was the Oregon State quarterback in 2000 when they went 11 and one, and. Uh, beat Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. That's that's a great stat. I, this is why you're here for for your Pac-12 knowledge. <laughs> oh yeah, back when, three years before I was born, I remember watching the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were actually there, right? You were at that game. Uh, yeah, no, I was I was announcing the game. Uh, <laughs> oh, so you know, seven and six is good. Uh, but they had they lost to Cal and Colorado. Uh, you know. That's you know they, they, this is an inconsistent team looking for some more consistency for sure. Uh, like you know team, they man. they don't have the talent of some of these other teams, uh, but I don't know what's what's their over under set at. Uh, what is it at? It's at six wins. Six. But Jack, look at this non-con: Boise State, Fresno State, Montana State. Two of those aren't easy, but I think Oregon State is going to beat both Boise State and Fresno State. So that's like what? That's three wins right there. I kind of think more. they're gonna lose both of those games. Really? I, I mean, dude, Fresno State. I don't. I haven't exactly. I know, like they lost their head coach, you know, but they returned their quarterback. Uh, you know, I, you know, I'm not exactly entirely sure about, you know, the the roster construction of Boise State or Fresno State. I don't know what the lines will be in this game, but. I think Jack. one and one is a much more likely scenario than two. This Maybe. team, this team has so Oregon State has so many freaking transfers on this team. It, it is like I don't like Treshawn Harrison, wide receiver from Florida State. Then we look at their other wide receiver. Oh wait, another transfer um, from Nebraska, Tyjon Lindsey. Um, I think Nolan Chance was there last year, but he's a transfer from Saddleback College. Um, he was pretty good last year. Listen, dude, he was 204 for 318, uh, 65% completion percentage. He had 2,600 yards, 8.4 yards per attempt, 19 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. It's not ideal, but 150 QBR. Not terrible. BJ Baylor was the running back last year. I'm not sure if he's still. Yeah, no, they, he, he's, he's gone. So um, they're starting a new running back there. Ton of transfers on defense. I really want to have this team winning seven games, and I think they can do it. I really do. I like what they're doing over there. I I don't know if I'm with you here. I don't think this defense is really 
all that good. The O-line is solid. Their returning quarterback, Chance Nolan, who threw for 2,677 yards and 19 touchdowns, but threw 10 interceptions. Uh, you know, receiving core is pretty solid. They, you know, they got they have tight end Luke Musgrave, who should be another pretty big contributor. You mentioned some of those other transfers. Uh, you know, they lost Trayvon Brad Bradford, who was their number one receiver last year. Uh, I just think this defense, I mean, this, you know, the, they have talent. Uh, but, you know, the secondary, last year this team was ninth overall in the Pac-12 on defense. Uh, I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't, I don't, I, there's something, like, I'm looking at their schedule, like, finding six wins is, is I don't know. It's tough. It's real tough. I think they win one of the first two. I think they beat Montana State. I think they're two and one going into a tough stretch. I think they lose the USC. I think they lose the Utah on the road. Uh, I think they lose the Stanford on the road, to be honest, which puts them wow. at two and four. I disagree. I think they lose to Washington State. I think they're two and five. They beat Colorado. That's three and five. Washington on the road. I think they probably win that game. That's four wins. Cal at home, that's five wins. Arizona State on the road, like probably. I guess that that's six wins, but find me more another win or two. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I could say that they could beat. Man, I mean, Fresno State or. Stanford. I think they beat Stanford. Washington or, or uh, Washington State or Stanford, I guess, would be those games. But, like, are they going to win all of those? I think they could win. Two, I think they could win seven games. They could. I think seven is the ceiling, and I think five or six is more like. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm. Fine I think with this that. team wins I'm five. Let's move on to, um, just go in order in terms of win total. The next team on our list is UCLA. The Bruins have an over under set at eight and a half wins. They won eight games last year. They're returning Dorian Thompson Robinson for his fifth year. And I have a question here. Um, I don't have the stat on me now, but is this the first time in college football history where a quarterback has started for the same team for five years? Because remember, the fifth year is the COVID year. And so like normally if quarterbacks stay for a fifth year, it's because they were redshirted. But he has started since he was a freshman. Has there been a quarterback in college football history who has started for five years at the same school? Did he start his whole freshman year? I think he did. Or he, I think he started at least like towards the end of the season he did. Maybe. So I think this team will win nine games. Hmm. I think they will win at least eight games. Our major problem last year was our defensive coordinator, who is now gone. Um, we have had some coaching problems, for sure. Chip Kelly and I have a very complicated relationship. But I like the squad that UCLA brought back. I mean, it starts with DTR. Fifth-year senior, you mentioned it. Uh, he's, he's really good. I mean, he was second-team All-Pac-12 this year. Uh, you know, we almost got Dylan Gabriel. We had him for a couple of days. Uh, and then it turns out DTR decided not to come to the NFL, back to go to the NFL and to come back to 
UCLA. I think he's he's a really underrated passer. Um, I think he's very talented. Obviously, a great runner. Uh, this guy he he runs the offense well. Uh, also, can I say something real quick? Sure. Dorian Thompson Robinson, current Heisman odds plus eight thousand. That, that is lower than Spencer Rattler. That is lower oh. than Auburn running back Tank Tank Bigsby. But that is higher than than USC wide receiver Jordan Addison. That's so. I really like I really like those. I, I think he is a dark horse, serious Heisman contender. If UCLA wins ten or eleven games, which I do not think is impossible, this guy could win the Heisman. But what else? Obviously, not as good as Stroud, not as good as Bryce Young. You know, can I can I your opinion away. while we're on quarterback? Because we can do a deeper dive into the, into these top teams, which I would like to do. But Ethan Garbers, what is the scout on this young man? He's good. He's definitely good. Uh, I, I I like you know he had some appearances last year uh, in some big spots. I think he got put in. Etr had like a drive or two that I think like during the. Game against USC or Oregon or something. DTR like missed like a game or two, and and even Garbers really filled the role pr- pretty well. Obviously, younger brother of Cal quarterback Chase Garbers. Uh, I, I like I like the future uh, of this uh, of UCLA quarterback program. We also have Justin Martin, who is the twenty two recruit, uh, who is going to be a freshman this year. He was actually in my philosophy class. It's just an interesting fun fact. Uh, but he was, he, remember that game? He, he, like, he threw in a high, for a high, in a high school game, he threw, like, 13 touchdowns. Yeah, I see Justin Martin um, was one of the recruits, a quarterback that I was more familiar with because he kind of blew up in that class, and I, I think Michigan and a bunch of other schools wanted to get him um, late in that cycle, and then he ultimately chose UCLA, but I mean, he's a dual threat guy. He's a, I, mean, I don't think it's crazy to say that UCLA is the best quarterback room in the past line. Yeah, I think you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, who? Who's better? Like uh, USC. Who does USC like? I did, yeah, but they have Caleb Williams. Williams. They have actually. The I know about Caleb Williams, but obviously, but Utah. Oh, they get? They got well. The guy who's the guy in he's he's Arch Manning's class. Oh, Malachi Nelson? Yeah, but he's not there yet, but I agree. Oh, he's not there yet, but again, like, you like quarterback depth, but at the end of the day, like, when you have one guy who's the best quarterback in the conference, like, he's That's got to be fair. The, okay, the I'm player. with you there, but okay. A couple other guys in this offense. Zach Charbonnet, transferred from Michigan, uh, rushed for 850 yards and 12 touch. or no, that was in Michigan. Last year, he rushed for 1,200 yards and 13 touchdowns. Uh, second team all back 12. I think he's another guy who is definitely on NFL radars, definitely uber talented. This is a really good offense. Our defense, again, has some struggles. We'll talk about that in a second. But, like, I, I really like where the football program uh, is looking at this point. Yeah, they brought in some pretty good transfers, starting with Raekwon O'Neal, the transfer left tackle, anchor left tackle from Rutgers, um, who is on NFL radars. Uh, should be pretty good. I mean, they needed offensive line help last year, so to go out and get your left tackle is probably – left tackle is like the most important position you need on that offense, in my opinion. So to go out and get someone with the talent level of Raekwon 
definitely a great pickup. They got a couple of wide receivers in the forms of Jake Bobo, uh, Titus, hold up, Mokia, uh, sorry, Titus Mokio Ati Malala. Sorry, but that was, I thought I did a nice job there. <laughs> um, transfer wide receiver from Central Florida. They got a bunch of guys on this team, and then their defense, um, they did get some guys as well. Darius Masao, uh, transfer linebacker from Hawaii. They picked up uh, Azim, uh, oh wait, Azizi Hearn, graduate transfer from, I believe, Arizona, if I'm correct. Wyoming, okay. They got some guys. They went out and, and used the transfer portal. They they do have a pretty young roster on defense, uh, just, just looking at their projected starters. But I like nine games here. I, I do like the nine games. They have a super easy non-conference schedule with Bowling Green, Alabama State, and South Alabama. Um, they have a bunch of teams at home that you want. Like they have Arizona at home. They have Utah at home. They have Washington at home. They have, USC, they have USC at home, and then they go on the road to Oregon, Arizona State, Colorado, and Cal. Nine games, man. I like it. This like team's ceiling is 12-0 and 0 in college football playoffs. Dude, they are not winning 12 games. I agree they're not winning 12 games, but it could happen. It could happen. It cannot Utah happen. At home. It okay, they're happen. probably going to lose Utah at home. We're probably going to lose the USC at home. We're probably going to lose Oregon on the road. I think we win nine games, but those are winnable games. The defense, there are a couple more pieces. There are some, you know, yes, there's some, some, you know, young guys, but Gabriel and Grayson Murphy are these two absolutely gigantic, uh, you know, human beings from North Texas that are both uh, defensive linemen. I saw these guys walking around campus like they are huge. Like, Bull Calvert, another returning uh, defensive lineman, another transfer, Jacob Sykes from Harvard is an inferior D tackle. This D line's really good. Our secondary has some question marks, losing Quentin Lake, Quantrez Knight. Uh, you mentioned Azizi Hearn coming back. I, I don't know. I mean, on the offensive front, losing Dolchich, we really don't have, you know, I mean, Jack Peterson, big recruit uh, on the tight end front, losing Kyle Phillips. You know, I'm a little worried about this receiving for us. Uh, but quarterback, running back, D line, these are some of the strengths of the team. I think we can compete with the rest of the big dogs in the past year. Twelve and zero UCLA would definitely 12, be twelve and zero. Kelly yeah. Redemption Tour. Now listen, I want to be okay. I want to be fair. Okay, I don't just want to like write them off to win the Pac-12 just because of UCLA. I just I think they have guys at skill position player like skill positions that are really good, and I, I think. The starting lineup on defense and offense is definitely talented. The biggest problem with UCLA is the depth, in my opinion. And if you want a team to win the Pac-12, like we saw with Utah last year, like we saw the problem with USC last year, is that you need depth. And they have a lot of questions. There's going to be injuries. I agree. They just do. A little bit thin. Secondary, definitely thin. I don't. I don't want to hate on UCLA. Like I think they're going to win nine games, and I think that would be a really successful season for Chip. Cal- I agree. If they win nine games, I will be more than satisfied. Yeah. Let's move on. Um, let's go to. Ooh, what do you want to go to here? Oregon. 
Let's do Oregon. Yeah. yeah I'm really, the, the, Oregon is the team that I really want to talk about from this episode because they are so intriguing. New head coach, Dan Lanning, former defensive coordinator of Georgia last year. Um, in terms of recruiting, he has not slowed down at all. Um, they've been, it seems like they've been beating all these guys in recruiting battles, which that's not what this podcast is about. This is about what are they going to do next year? They're over under is set at nine wins. They have a non-conference slate at Eastern Washington, BYU, and then the big one against Georgia. It's tough. It is really tough. BYU is not a gimme. Georgia is, they'll probably be double-digit underdogs against Georgia, right? Even though they have them at home. They're not beating Georgia. They're, they're not going to beat Georgia. No. But I think they're going to beat BYU. I think they're going to beat a lot of these other teams in the Pac-12. Now, nine wins is a lot, especially when you have an automatic loss on the schedule. <laughs> I think they lose. Wait, do they not play USC? They should. I think they do. Are you sure? I schedule I'm looking at. I need, I need to look at something else. I don't well, know. Though, we got to look at this because. Wait, I, I thought. Is this, is this collusion? Why does Oregon not play USC? They don't play USC? No. Oh. Uh, hmm. This is huh. weird. They're going to lose to Georgia. They're going to lose to Utah at home, probably. Huh. Uh, they have UCLA at home. Listen, they have UCLA at home and they have Washington at home. Yeah, this is favorable. And BYU at home. I, I think this is a nine-win team. So I, I like the push here. But like, do you think they can win 10 games? I think they could. I think this is an eight-win, eight or nine-win team. I think they but, could easily lose to BYU. I think they could lose at Washington State. I think they could lose – at home against Washington. I think they could lose at home against UCLA. You know, will they lose all those games? No. Will they win nine games? Probably. I Hold think war is closer to about seven. I think ceiling is about ten. Can we talk about their linebacking core real quick? Because they have Noah Sewell and Justin Flo, who, wow, yeah. for those who, who watched them last year, like they were probably, besides the SEC, or maybe like some of the Big Ten teams, but they were probably the best linebacking core in the Pac-12 by far. And they returned both those guys back. Noah Sewell is going to be a first-round draft pick in the future. I- I'm I'm extremely confident. He was amazing. Flo too, season. probably, right? And Flo, yeah. And listen, both these guys are underclassmen. That's what's so scary about this team. Yeah. Um, now, I will say, on the defensive side, which is Coach Dan Lanning's specialty, so I, I don't think that they're going to struggle – they might struggle a little bit to start the season, but I think they're gonna get that part of the part of the roster together by the end. But they don't have a lot of depth in the defensive backs. Um, I mean, Dante Manning, sophomore, was pretty good last year. He should be pretty good this year. Um, safety core is not that bad, but again, they're starting freshmen. Maybe they they have freshmen backing him up. They went out and got some guys in the transfer portal, I believe. Uh, Taki Tamani at defensive tackle from Washington should be pretty good. They're starting, um, I believe, Christian Gonzalez from Colorado, cornerback. 
And for what Dan Lanning wants to do, which I think he wants to run a 3-3-5, which means that they're going to need a bunch of defensive backs and a lot of defensive back depth, I don't know who's going to step up right now. But I trust Dan Lanning to get the most out of his defense. On the offensive side of the ball, um, they lost a few guys. Uh, they lost Travis Dye to USC, who was the running back last year. He was really, really good. They had to, I think they're starting a bunch of new offensive linemen, which is a little bit scary. Um, and then the quarterback situation, which, again, we want to highlight some of the quarterback battles in the conference. Bo Nix, transferred from Auburn. He was the truth at one point in his career. Like People thought he was going to be the Alabama killer. Uh, super talented, former five-star. Is going to be competing with Ty Thompson, redshirt freshman, Again, like another high recruit um, from a few years ago. From what I've heard, the intel I've collected from training camp, Bo Nix has beaten him out for the job, but I don't think it's over yet. Uh, I think Bo Nix is the best quarterback on the roster. I think he gives him the best chance to win games. But Ty Thompson's right there with him, I've heard. So I worry about Bo Nix. He is. He's he's had a lot of ups and downs, but you know, definitely talented. We'll see getting put in the right situation. New offensive coordinator Kenny Dillingham from Memphis, I think. He's really good. Be a lot of, yeah, Dillingham's a lot good. of fun. But uh, you know, these are like Dan Lanning, real obviously, you know, what he did at Georgia is great, but he's never been a head coach before. I mean, you know, losing losing Travis Dye is big. You know, I think this team will probably have the best best defense in the Pac-12. Do you agree with that statement? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, You know, I think with, like, a couple more offensive talented pieces in terms of, like, the receiving core and maybe a different quarterback, I think this is a college football playoff caliber team. But as it is wow. right now, no, I mean, that's not crazy to say. Like, I mean, think if this, you know, if they have Caleb Williams in a bow neck, like, tell me this team is not a college football playoff. Team. Yeah, but okay, Jack, Jack, here's the problem. Here's the problem Georgia is one loss. Now, listen, if they beat Georgia, then I think that they're in the driver's seat. Like, they control their own destiny. But no, I'm with you. You, you can't mean, make the playoff the with two losses. We'll talk about this, but I think the odds a Pac-12 team makes the, the college football playoff are pretty solid. You no, would I would disagree. Agree I, I would disagree. I think you're going to disagree. But I think the talent USC has, the defense Oregon has, the experience UCLA has, and the coaching and overall team that Utah has, I think one of those four teams could reach their – Maximum potential and go twelve again. That is the hottest take I think I've heard this year. Maybe Oregon eleven and one if they lose. The game. Listen, I would love to see that. I think when the Pac twelve is good, college football in general is better. But to me, I don't see a team that's that dominant. Utah would be my guess. We'll talk about it later. We'll talk about them. I mean, Baylor is going to make the college football playoff. Ohio State is going to make the college football playoff. After that. I think those two spots are kind of up for grabs. 
I, I disagree. I think a Big West Ten team is going to make it. Probably run the yeah. and make college A Big Ten team is going to make it. Maybe two Big Ten teams. Uh, who two. besides Ohio State? Well, if you look at Michigan's schedule, oh they can afford to lose. Oh Listen, they could afford to lose one game to Ohio oh State. They'll be yeah, eleven and one. They'll probably still make it in. Jack, I'm just playing it based on what I've seen, okay? Okay. We've okay, seen the same yeah. thing happen over and over again. I'm not arguing that's good or bad for the sport, but you can't make the playoff with two losses. You can make the playoff with one loss to the conference champion or a number one overall team. So I can either see two SEC teams or two Big Ten teams along with Clemson or the Big Ten. discrimination against the Pac-12. Jack, tell me, Jack. Jack, who are you taking? 11 and 1 Michigan with a loss to Ohio State? Or are you taking, uh, a, let's see, 10 and 2 Oregon with a loss to Georgia and a loss to Utah? Obviously, I'm taking Michigan. But I'm talking about, you know, what if Oregon goes 11 and 1 with a loss to Georgia or Michigan with 11 and 1 and a loss to Ohio State? Then it, it probably goes to, then it's probably close, honestly. Okay. What if Utah goes twelve and zero, and then Michigan? Then they'll make 11. it. They'll make it. No, listen. If a team goes twelve and zero, they'll make it. But they're not. Utah Sorry, that, that's, like, that's like a soundbite. That's, that's such a soundbite. But, dude, any of those teams win twelve games? Really? Even really? if any of these teams win eleven games, I think they have a. Oh, if you win eleven games and the Pac-12 championship, I think you're. I think you're winning. You're. You're making the playoffs. I don't think you are. I think you it think Utah. Was like, I okay, think it let's say Utah goes on the road, loses to Florida, game one of the year, then rattles off eleven straight wins and wins the Pac-12. That's a college football playoff team. It depends on, but but here's the thing: they are a college football playoff team if. Georgia is also a college football playoff team. All right. We so you have Alabama, you have yeah. Alabama, Georgia. Maybe Fresno State's going to make the college football playoff. You know, we'll see. Uh, but let's talk about who's left. We got USC and Utah. Yeah, which, which, I, it's up to you, whatever one you want to go to. Let's do USC. Okay, USC, the over-unders at nine wins. Um, non-conference, they have Rice, uh, Fresno State, and Notre Dame. Damn, Fresno State's got a non-conference gauntlet. Yeah, I know. Like, these guys are Fresno State, man. <laughs> Oregon State, USC, actually, oh, I, I guess it was. Okay, uh, They're out here. Connecticut at yeah, UConn. Man. That's a toughie right there. Um, I'll let you talk first because I want to get my full argument laid out for this team. Okay. I think USC is, as much as I hate to admit it, obviously, really talented. I think this team will probably win nine games. Uh, you know, the big storylines, Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma. Lincoln Riley is a top five, maybe top three, in my opinion, head coach in college football. Bringing with him freshman quarterback Caleb Williams, who was excellent. Beat Spencer Rattler, who was like, a consensus top five Heisman favorite out for the starting job, even. You know, they're recruiting. Uh, it's, you know, it's USC. They're they're dominating Southern California recruiting. Uh, they brought along Jordan Addison uh, from Pitt, who is a top 
three or five wide receiver in the country this year. He's, Jack, um, he's top two, and he may not be two. Uh, I think I would take JSN over him. I think I would, uh, you know, Bouquet from LSU, maybe. Uh, good. That's, you the know, That's the point. Whatever. He's, he's top three. Uh, you know, Keon Slovis transferred out. Uh, oh, Jackson Dart transferred out, you know, making way for, for Williams. Uh, you know, the defense. Uh, they have some, some big transfers, you know. <laughs> Oklahoma defensive coordinator out. Did, did Wicked Ronnie bring both coordinators with him to USC? Um, yep. I think, I think he did. I think he got both offense and defensive coordinators. Man, he, he might have. Yeah. The I forgot. Line, Wait, they're offensive coordinator. One of the nation's best defensive tackles is a definitely, you know, future NFL defensive end, Nick Figaro on the outside, Romeo Heitrans from Auburn. Uh, you know, the secondary, potentially some question marks. But I think in terms of, you know, they're, the recruiting they've done, the coaches they've brought in, the resources, even running back Travis Dow, you mentioned we were talking to, about Oregon. This is a good squad. This is dangerous. If they can put it together, uh, I mean, this is another team, I think, with with Pac-12 championship, if not college football playoff potential. Yeah, This listen, this is a really good team, and I want to start with the offense because it is going to be the best offense in the Pac-12, maybe the best offense in the entire country, and I say that with Alabama sitting there kind of looking menacing. But um, Caleb Williams – Incredible. I mean, what well, timeout. You think Ohio State is not the best offense unequivocally in college football? No, oh, yeah, wait. Yeah, Ohio State's definitely the best. And then probably, Ohio State's and great, probably... first of all. But I agree, no, like USC, best offense in the Pac-12. Pac-12 for frankly, sure. Pac-12 for sure. Yeah. Caleb Williams, Travis Dye, Jordan Addison, Mario Williams, another transfer from Mario Williams, really. Brendan Rice, Jerry Rice's son, transfer from Colorado. Offensive line, now listen, people – really hated on this offensive line last year, and that was definitely backed up by what they did. Like, the offensive line last year was really bad. But they brought in some new guys. Um, I think they're going to be a lot better this year. Let me look on the defensive end of the ball. Again, they have some problems, but they brought in some really solid freshmen. Like, Domani Jackson, at cornerback, was a five-star, top-ten player in the class. I think he might battle for a starting spot. I think he might actually be a starter at cornerback for USC, which would be huge. This team's really good. They, they just are. Uh, in terms of the over-under, I kind of like the push here. I think the nine wins seems correct. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they beat Notre Dame, to be honest. Um, but I can definitely see them losing a game they're not supposed to lose. Um, that just seems like kind of like the way the roster is built, like they, they can explode in terms of big games, but they could also kind of fizzle out um, at some points in the season. But nine wins, I mean, maybe 10 wins. I think this team is up there with Utah as the team that could make the college well playoff if they get lightning in a bottle. But, yeah, I, yeah, I do. I mean, this, this, I'm not confident in taking – I would probably lean towards the under, but I agree. Like, I think this is a nine-win team. I mean, but you got to remember, this team won four games last year. But what Lincoln Riley is like, this this is 
it's different. And I agree they have some potential for, uh, you know, maybe in year one, not totally reaching all their goals. But Caleb Williams has two more years, too. I mean, ooh, I am scared to resize that. Yep. Let's move on to our last team. The I think they're the conference favorites. We got the Utah Utes under Kyle Winningham. Had an amazing season last year. Like, uh, absolutely amazing season. They won 10 games. They should have beat Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigbush, like, was human. Uh, but they were, they were just so, so good. They returned, like, basically their entire team, which is crazy to say. Uh, Cameron Rising, who was a quarterback last year, was absolutely spectacular last year. Like, I don't know if there's a quarterback in the country that overperformed expectations like he did. So there's just – there's nothing to say about that. Like Cam Rising, he went above and beyond what anyone thought he would. Uh, you know, they didn't, people didn't even think he was going to be the starter. Charlie Brewer was, was the starter, and now, now he's playing at Liberty. I mean, you know, reading, reading the Bible or whatever. I mean, Cam Rising almost won the Rose Bowl. Uh, you know, they they had some some losses, but maybe a you know, uh, it, it's gonna be really hard to replace you know Devin Lloyd, obviously. Uh, but you know, this pass rush is, is really scary. And their listen, secondary is dude, really good. Their defense uh, got better. And Ky- what Kyle Whittingham has done with this team has been really impressive. I mean, last I I, I think this team will win the Pac-12. You know, I think they did a great job last year. Uh, I don't know. You want to go through their schedule? Yeah, I just want to go through their defense real quick because uh-huh. it was a, it was an amazing unit last year, and I think it's even better this year. They picked up uh, a stud freshman linebacker, Lander Barton, who, for those who are interested in NFL draft stuff or, like, future NFL projections, this kid was probably my favorite linebacker recruit in the entire 2022 class which is crazy to say, but he is really just a great pass rusher, understands the game, he's quick. He's trying to fill that Devin Lloyd spot from last year, and I think he can do it. Not Maybe not this year, but maybe when he's a sophomore or a junior. They went and got transfer uh, linebacker Muhammad Diabate from Florida, who is probably going to start for them this year. And the main problem with this team last year was cornerback depth and um, – cornerback just experience they return their guys at in the secondary it's still going to be i think probably their weakest unit on the field but again they have an extra year of experience they shouldn't have the situation last year where they had to start a running back at defensive back because they had too many injuries um and in terms of their offensive line really 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 good I, i can't stress that enough like the the best offensive line in the Pac-12, I think, and I'm not sure if it's close. Do you, do you agree with me there? Uh, I mean, I think Oregon's is pretty good too, but you know, I agree with you that it's definitely one of the best. Yeah, and then going into their schedule, they have Southern Utah, San Diego State, at Florida, and then they have their conference schedule. I think they beat Florida. I think they beat San Diego State. I think they go 
ten and two would be my guess. So the over of the nine wins. Good number. I could see a road loss at Florida. I could see a road loss at UCLA. I could. I think they'll probably beat USC at home. You know, they maybe Oregon on the road is a question mark. You know, but they'll probably win two. Or, I think this. Honestly, I think it's a ten or an eleven win team. Huh. I like the over. Is it nine and a half or is it nine? Uh, it's nine exactly. I think I like over nine. I I would be surprised if this team won less than nine games. Hmm. I kind of agree with you there. Yeah. Man, this team's just good. This team's really. Uh, This is, this, like, yeah, in terms of just well roundedness, a lot of these other teams, like, you know, USC, a lot of potential. UCLA, it's pretty well rounded, but definitely does not have the same potential Utah has. Oregon, another team, a lot of potential. Utah has a very high floor and a very high ceiling. Uh, you know, I think they have the highest floor of any Pac-12 team for sure. Yeah, this this team is gonna be really good. This team is going to be really good. Now, for the last part of this Pac-12 overview, I just want to hear your Pac-12 champion prediction. Yeah, one pick, one team. Um, honestly, I, I'm going to go, Utah is the safe choice in my mind, but I'm going to take USC. I was going to agree with you there. I think USC is also my pick. I, I think Lincoln, I, I think the Pac-12, like, Lincoln Riley is probably the best coach the Pac-12 has had in, since who, ever? I mean. I mean, I guess you could say, like, um, Coach Peterson at Washington, like, before yeah. he retired. He was, like, really good. I mean, we'll see. It just. You know, I think USC, they, 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 they have so much money that, like, they're, you know, four and eight last year. It's like, that, that is not going to happen again. Like, yeah, and also, I, I like to think, if it does come down to Utah and USC and that matchup, Utah is at home, but I think USC, their strengths kind of align with Utah's weaknesses. Like, USC is going to be a great passing air raid attack. And Utah's problem last year was their cornerback depth and their ability to kind of keep the play in front of them. So I think that kind of plays into USC's hands. And I I think USC is going to beat Utah on the road, which would be huge. Yeah. Okay. I think that wraps up our Pac-12 over-under team preview. Um. I'm trying to think, what should we do for our next episode? So what do we got? We got Big Ten, SEC, and ACC. ACC. Ah oh, man, I'm I'm kind of thinking. Uh, I'm kind of thinking a Big Ten episode. I'm kind of. I'm definitely down for Big Ten. To be honest. All right. Well, I guess 
you guys can see that um, later in the week when we record that video. Again, thanks for listening. We're inching closer to college football season. And so here at After the Whistle, we are going to be offering a ton of content to get you guys up to date for the season. See y'all later and go blue.